Taking it to the house. I want to talk about the Masters and Tiger Woods and showing. Well done, man. Well played. You made it to the third round and you were in it. You made the cut. When others who are healthier, who hadn't been through a car accident 14 months ago, who were in a hospital bed 14 months ago, who were not thinking about losing a leg 14 months ago, here you are competing. And so I salute you. We asked the question, did you need to win? Uh, no, you didn't need to win for me. You just needed to show up and compete. It was a winning story anyway. So to you, Tiger Woods, I salute you. So to Vic the fan and, and to my, my, my brother, Vic, I just want to tell you, I don't know if you guys got a chance to see it, but wow, way to go, Tiger. I just thought it was a tremendous effort. And I also, I also thought that uh, Tiger represented a little bit more than just the golfer out there playing uh, in this Masters tournament. As he struggled over that course, my mind couldn't help but go back to uh, reflect back on how far we have come through this struggle historically. And as he struggled from hole to hole day by day, it just gives me that thought that since 1896, when John Shippen, whose father was African-American, his mother was a Seneca um, Indian, he actually in 1896 played in the second U.S. Open. Uh, he worked at 17 years old. He worked that course as a caddy, but he actually played. And when a number of the members found out they wanted to boycott, but the president said, you will not boycott because they had not discovered what his race was. But upon them discovering the race, of course, they wanted to boycott, but that did not happen. But the point I'm trying to make is as he struggled, I could see John Shippen struggling from 1896 and the struggle continues to 2022. And along the same lines, Lee Elder, who in 1905 played first Masters, never won the Masters, but he played at his first Masters in And that's the same year that Calvin Pete joined the tour and Calvin Pete would have uh, 22 wins. Uh, but of course, here comes the tiger, the tiger, the tiger, uh, who has surpassed four times, uh, five times, six times what any previous African-American pro golfer has done for the sport. 
So to see him struggle was just a reminder to me historically. We have always struggled, but the reason we've been victorious is because we never quit. And I couldn't be a much prouder fan than what I was. And I walked all four days to see Tiger grit it out, make up, make a decent showing. And I was very, very happy about that. So historically, to see him struggle, it has been a struggle. And when you just pose that against 1896 and John Shippen, when he started it all, we're still struggling. But also, you got to remember, you got to struggle to get through that which is a barrier. And then on the other side of that breakthrough, you can look and say, look, I did my part in paving the way. So that's off the tiger. Occur. When we look at it, we talk about the question last week that you posed, Dan, was does he get is the reliability or credibility? Again, he finished the course. Not only that, the significance of what it all meant. What it all meant. I, I just love the illustration right there, the historical tie-in. But again, Unk said it last week as well. The masters needed him versus him needing the masters, but definitely an interdependent relationship. Here it is, four days post-Masters, and I really forgot who won the Masters. Everyone is still talking about Tiger and what he was able to accomplish. Again, that is so encouraging, an inspirational story. Again, we have all within our walk for the last years. When he was on, I believe, Johnny Carson's show, uh, Putt-Putting, we followed this kid. We followed this young man. We followed this man this father, this husband, through all his trials. So we talked about the struggle on, of course, but even just the struggle within life, that every day, we're, every day is a journey. And every day, while we're going to encounter some significant issues and challenges and struggles, we got to persevere. So that's not only a lesson that life with Tiger showed over the last 14 months, but even on three to four days of the master's experience, is about waking up, persevering, maximize your time, maximize this life journey, how many people were inspired by what they saw, what they experienced. So again, hats off to him. Hats off to him and congratulations. And it'd be great to see how these next phase of his career transitions. I want to hit on the medical piece. We got the historical piece, the medical side. I said before, what a marvel modern medicine is. I'm gonna tell you guys, when you insert a rod into the leg, there's no guarantees it's going to because it's a foreign body into your body. It's got to accept it. So the orthopedic team, Tiger, everybody was, I'm sure, sitting on the edge of their seats last week as he's going round and round. Not only going round and round from tee to tee and walking the course, it was a struggle to get just to get to that point. And I'm sure the team, the doctors, the vascular doctors, his his physical physical therapy team, his rehabilitation team, his swing coach, everybody was into it. And I'm sure some probably brought tears to their eyes because 14 months ago, talking about taking the leg. And I talked about it on the show to save the leg, you gotta be able to the, the 
flow to the wounded area. We're talking about from the heart to the furthest extremity, his leg, his foot, and back that flow, blood flow to come back to the heart. Look at that. Look at what they were able to do. And they did it. They were able to accomplish that. So the leg was severed, not severed, excuse me, but pretty broken in multiple places. And they were insert the rod. And I was more concerned about the vascular side than I was even the structure, that being bone. So the bone will rehabilitate, it'll heal. But being able to get blood to the area and blood flow back, they were able to do that. So to Team Tiger, that includes everybody. Uh, well done, marvelous job. So I also talked about one of my patients who had the same type of procedure. Well, after many years of the body trying to reject it and they tried to save the, her leg, uh, it, it didn't take. And so they had to amputate the leg. So it just tells you of, of what can happen for one versus another. I'm not talking about, I'm not going to compare medicines, doctors, and procedures. No, there's a lot of variables in that. But uh, to this point, Tiger, wow. And Team Tiger, excellent job. And so you give a lot of hope to a lot of other people who are in uh, motor vehicle accidents, car accidents, or tragic accidents that may crush your leg and be able to keep the leg. So well done, Team Tiger. So what I like to do is to break those young kids down and say, look, we're not worried about the pros. We can't control that. Let's make you the best student athletes you can be. And I use this phrase, let's get your house in order. Let's build it. And once you get to the point where now you've got a presentation, now you, as you develop and grow, will be able to command the attention you need to be entertained for, for that level. But I said, most athletes, we knock that out of the box right away. We don't even focus on it. A question to pose to you. Both uh, first with you, Vic, and then uh, the Vic the fan. So, the word masters tied to this PGA event. It's not even a PGA tip event, but a professional event. Do you guys have a problem calling it masters? I'm gonna leave it right there. Do you guys have a problem? Because there was some scuttlebutt years ago about changing the name or some pushback. It's not gonna change its name, but the word masters with a professional event that makes this much money. Do you guys have a problem with that? And I'll start with you first, Vic. No, I don't. Um, I can see why some may have an issue, but not understanding, not, nor knowing, and I'll defer to uh, Dad as far as historical context and why they called it that. But I look at it from a golf term. You know, this is the best of the best. Uh, so I, I won't get too... Um, too caught up in that word. I don't get too caught up in that word unless there's some other historical context, particularly for this course or particularly field of golf. But I, I, I never resonated with me to, to, to trigger me or anything like that. What do you think that? Well, from a, from a historical perspective um, and, and this historical perspective, I'm going to share with you all is simply this, Georgia, Deep South, Plantations, Deep South, Master, Masters, 
has a certain connotation to it. Um, let me give you a more pinpointed example uh, of master and, and master in the name of Fuzzy Zeller, who's a white golfer. And in Tiger's very first Masters, he said, well, I guess if he will, we'll be having fried chicken tonight. Now, that's spoken like one who would subscribe to the notion of, quote, master, master. Uh, but he made certain that he put it into a perspective that let Tiger know that he was in the South. He was playing on a course where at one time there were in and around uh, Augusta, there were plantations. There were plantations. And this connotation, masters, has a deeper and different connotation to me as I recall that event. I mean, just, just, just look at how racist that was. Fuzzy Zeller says to the media and to, to fellow golfers, uh, well, I guess if he wins, I guess if he wins, we'll be having fried chicken tonight. How ridiculous did that sound? And as a fan, I was teed off because it brought up the notion of master, slave, or servant. Because he still didn't see Tiger as an equal. He saw Tiger as less than who was an anomaly because he had superb skills. So I could go either way in that I'm oriented, I'm Southern oriented. I could go either way, change it to the elite tournament, pro golfers elite tournament. But Masters had a very significant meaning to me when Fuzzella said he wins, I guess we'll be eating fried chicken tonight. And from a fan standpoint, I was teed off. Victor, I'm like you. I would like to live it as masters, elite of the elite. So it's, I'll look at it that way. But I, I too have a problem with the word, but I'll look at it as you described as you're the best of the best. This is the like a master's course. So let's go. Let's let's roll with it. I'm I'm okay with that. And and I'm I appreciate your both of you guys your points of view on that. But I was wondering because again I've heard. There's a public outcry in the past, not so much now. There's been a groundswell on the word masters used for significant events. So I just wanted to hear what y'all y'all's take was. Guys, over the weekend, why you I know you heard about Dwayne Haskins. And so I just want to say um, to his mom, to his bride, his family, to the Ohio State Buckeye. Uh, alumni and family, Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm sure, and I've read a lot of uh, quotes and I've heard a lot how he impacted him as a man, husband, uh, son. And so I would say, uh, teammate, uh, may you rest in peace and you will be missed based on the, the, the kind words that have been said about you. Uh, and so premature. I don't know the events of, of your death uh, other than uh, crossing a busy highway. We would most think, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. I don't know 
why you did it. And so I, I'm, I'm saddened nonetheless about your loss. And so to the Haskin family and those uh, surrounding him that he impacted, uh, I'll, I'll be praying for your peace. I think look uh, at it to your point on, you know, we have a limited time to make an unlimited impact. And so based off of what I've understand as well, his time in the league, the teams he's been on, he's been extremely impactful. We do not know the time nor the hour. Every day count. And I could definitely say based off of what I've read, he did that. And he will be sorely missed. Uh, word was this was the year that he may have had his breakout year, have an opportunity to uh, earn a starting position with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And so again, from a sport perspective, uh, for that team, as they look for the backfield for Ben Roethlisberger, uh, that definitely uh, takes a significant blow. But again, rest in peace. Uh, he was just about to hit his stride with this new opportunity. And so, again, being impactful where he was when he was when he was with us is definitely something to be remembered for. I would say uh, to the family, uh, as as the Book of John states. Uh, John 14 and one, let not your heart be troubled. And I, I know that it's easy to say uh, for not having been in that position, but let not your heart be troubled. Um, he did within those years that he graced the earth, he did exactly what he set out when he accomplished much and he touched many. And I would say to the family, we share in your grief and we pray that in days to come that you will find peace, comfort, and a modicum of acceptance that he is in fact in a better place. So God bless the entire Haskins family and we pray for your peace and comfort. Baseball's here. Man, oh man, oh man. Kershaw, he's old. He's not Kershaw of old. He's just old. He went about seven scoreless innings of pitching a, a perfect game. And Dave Roberts pulled him out. Dave, I trust in you, brother. You did the right thing. Guys, you know to go seven scoreless innings. We're talking about two more innings to go. Six more outs and you get pulled. I want to know what you guys think about that. But you also have to consider, now before you get to that, Kershaw has been hurt before. He's been broke before. But he's 
He's not the ace he was once before. So Vic the fan, the baseball man of this panel, please share it with me. Share me with your thoughts on this Kershaw outing today. Oh, man, I bleed blue, and you know it. And when I say I bleed blue, I'm not talking <laughs> about blue water coming out of the Pacific Ocean. I'm talking about bleeding blue Dodger. And Kershaw is one of my favorite pitchers of all time. I compare him to guys like Sandy Koufax and 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 that great, great stable of preachers come out of the Dodger organization. To go, this, this, is, this is the problem I have as a fan with Dave Roberts. Now, I've seen him. I've seen him make some bonehead decisions, and it has cost him games late in 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 the ball game, late in these late innings. But if Kershaw is humming it like that, Kershaw was strong. He Kershaw knows when the arm goes. He knows, but the Kershaw he'll keep going to detriment sometimes. But I think that in a situation like this, this guy's on the verge of a no hitter. He's on the verge of, of, of a shutout, at least. And Dave pulls him. That bothers me. That bothers me. Let the guy pitch if he's still strong and he's hitting that target. Come on, man. I, I, I just, those are the kind of things that make me just, it does me in, man. That's what troubles me with Dave. Come on, man. Let the guy pitch. We come to see the Dodgers play nine innings. We want to see the best nine out there. And he pulls him out of the freaking game. Oh. Uh, I, I, I hear you. I hear you. I, I got your passion. I meet you, but I have to counter the argument. Yes. Kershaw is a bad man to his own detriment. And I'd rather him be that strong at game 162, if you feel what I'm saying. It's a long season. Yes. He has 20, 25 yes. games he has to pitch. And this is only game one of 20 to 25 more games that he needs that arm when it really counts. Three nothing, seventh inning, and we don't know if it if it if it takes one turn of a wild He goes one extra pitch too long, and that next inning they rock him. Luckily for our team, that next inning we scored three more runs, so now we're up six zero. And unfortunately, the person who gave the hit was the reliever or the person yeah the reliever, I, because Kershaw also did not finish last season. And don't forget, we had a lockout. So they didn't get a lot of time in the offseason and a preseason to, to even work out the arm. I'd rather Dave sway on the side of caution because he has an older pitcher who still is ace than, than allow him to go the way. We're past the moral victories. We're past getting the, 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 the complete game shut out. We're about stacking championships. Kershaw has already made his, his, his path to Cooperstown. He doesn't need any more complete game shutouts. That's just icing. He wants to rack up championships. Seven times they've gone to that national championship uh, game and only one World Series victory. 
before it even got to that World Series victory, they were talking about him being a postseason bust. And I know he has got to feel a certain kind of way this last offseason, knowing he could not help his team out when they needed him the most, which was the postseason, and got rocked. And they're watching Dave Roberts play. How can I? How can I get the right pitchers in here? How, how does this mess up my rotation? And we just ran out of good arms. So we don't need him stumbling into a Tommy John situation or any other unnecessary injuries in the month of April. So I'm okay with him pulling because we're playing for the long haul. It's the strategic play. I want Kershaw ready for October, not May. So what I hear you saying about analytics right now, it's it's not about analytics. It's load management. We have to be strategic in his use and everybody else's uses because he is older and he has been subject to injury in the past at, to, to Big's point. We didn't finish last season with Kershaw. Would have been nice to have that veteran arm in the postseason. We already had Scherzer who was, his arm was getting tired and was failing us. And so the more arms, and it's going to take the arms in the postseason just, just as much, if not more, than the bats in the postseason. So, no, I, I agree with Dave pulling him. So what has to happen, if you break it down even further, is he doesn't have the fastball. He, he's not going 95, 98. No, he's doing 90. And so it's off a pitching machine for a batter. To do that, you got to do like a, a Greg Maddox. You got to hit black. You got to fool him that it's a, that it's a strike to make him swing. So you, you got he had 13 strikeouts today. Pitch count is going up because he's pitching. He's 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 cutting them up that way. He's not overpowering. It's not three pitches and they're gone. No, it's probably five to six pitches and then they're gone. So the pitch count starts adding up. You start wearing on that arm. No, I don't have any problem. Great, uh, Dave Roberts. Thank you, Victor Fang. You were about to say something, sir. Before I cut you off. I, I apologize. Yeah, I, I you know what I hear you guys saying is that that was that. Dave Roberts shows good leadership. That that's that's good leadership. That's good thinking. That's that's good strategic planning, and and that's a great strategic move. But as a fan, as a fan, I want to see him pitch. And I worry about game one sixty two when we get there. <laughs> so okay. you're, you can't you have it both ways. You can't have it both ways. You that <laughs> May, June. <laughs> Round two's wheels fall off. All right, look, he ran a good stable race up until game 80. And now we're in first place with three beat games, shutouts, home runs at the Yin game, but you don't have a bench anymore because you ran through all your pitchers. <laughs> but hey, call he it got, load he management. Got a and you'll, be the, you'll be the same one. Yeah. And you'll be that says, damn, That's he's always hurt. Damn, he's always hurt. That's right. That's listen. That's what we as fans do. We want it both ways. Okay. We buy the ticket. We want to see okay. the athletes play, and then when they get hurt, they he should have taken them out. That is the nature of the fan. You're the we do it. That's what we. Do. You're the rare fan. You're the honest fan. You admit it. <laughs> I love it, <laughs> guys. Towards the end of the show, and I. I'm going to give you guys both. I'm going to give you pick'em games. We're going to the NBA. We're transitioning now. Pick'em games. Man, we're in the playoffs, and it's 
I'm heavy. First game on the slate, Utah at Dallas. Dallas got the home court. Pick them and why? Dallas, Luka, Don, Luka. That's all I got to say, Luka. Uh, uh, Utah's in a tailspin. They may not have a head coach next because the head coach coaching the Lakers. So, I, I, Luka. <laughs> okay. Now, you know Luka's hurt. To go with the, you know he's got a strained uh, calf. I hurt Luka over a full roster of Utah because they internal dynamics happening too okay really know and i don't know what Big you guys what, what you guys take is on rudy but rudy now nah, i have to go with dallas i have to go with dallas um i i, I love okay. i love the way they play i love the depth and of course i'd have to agree with with vic look i just have to i just Cannot I cannot call it against him. I'll be I'm gonna go Utah if Luka is healthy. If he misses two games, they won't if he misses more than two games, they're gone for sure. And he is their leader. They they are so Luka centric that they don't operate very well without him. And I don't know that they can do very well without him. Like I said, so I'm gonna pick Utah if Luka is not healthy and he won't be healthy. He'll take the offseason before he is healthy, in my opinion. Utah with the upset. Next game, we got Minnesota Timberwolves against Memphis Grizzlies, guys. Memphis Grizzlies at the home court. And last night's game, you guys saw it, it was the play game. Memphis is now the seventh seed playing against number two, Memphis. Minnesota last night beat up on the Clippers for the play game. And so who wins and why? I just think that um, Memphis has too much. I, I I love that. I love that young fella. I love that young fella. That young fella. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That I listen. I would a two thousand dollar ticket to see that young fella light them up. I think that that team has gelled. They have matured together. They're young. They can run. They have the depth, the confidence, Memphis. You know, the cat, uh, I like the cat, but the cat ain't all that. So I have to go with Memphis. Okay. Minnesota don't want that smoke. Look, Memphis is about to come out <laughs> like a bunch of crazy dogs. <laughs> Look, are you serious? The classic two versus seven. Dogs versus cats, hey, it ain't it ain't it ain't standing. It's gonna be a bloodbath. Oh, Memphis with a sweep. That's how confident I am with, with Memphis. Not the sweep, the gentleman sweep. Five games to one, uh, uh, four games to one. Mm -mm. Memphis is dangerous, scary. They are a couple years ahead of their time, so they don't know no better. They don't know when to come off of a man. So it's gonna be such a nasty bloodbath that I'm seeing white towels being thrown from both sides of the corner. It's a surrender. Done deal. <laughs> Not even a matchup. I agree. Uh, it's not going to be pretty. Grizzlies, more than five. But I, I look for a sweep, too. Patrick Beverly, he's, a, he's, a, he's a, a nuisance, though. And he may get the Grizzlies out of character. 
as uh, Grizzlies got the better coach, and I believe they got the better team. Grizzlies in five or less. The next game, we got Toronto going to Philadelphia. Pickett, what say you? Which Philly team shows up? <laughs> the 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 MVP led team, Eric James, who's supposed to be the 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 you know that the piece that that puzzle. This is the Philly team that has to round off of the Ben Simmons debacle. So, but this Toronto team has always been dangerous. They've always been dangerous since they won that championship. Nick Nurse is a great coach. I still pick Philadelphia because I, I, I expect them to go deep into the playoffs. Um, but it will definitely be a great game. I just think that the uh, X factor is is hard. And I'd have to agree with you. Um, I, I just... I don't like I, I I don't like what I'm seeing. Um, I, I don't want to say that the chemistry is bad, but I don't think the chemistry is all that good either. Um, but I would have to Harden and MB playing like they played together. I, I say Philadelphia can do this, but if there's discord, if there's disjointedness. I think Toronto just might fool everybody and 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 snatch it from them. So I gotta I, I'm gonna go I'm gonna step out there and I'm gonna go Toronto because of that factor. That's not a bad choice because they're actually evenly matched. Uh, their defensive specialist, I'm talking about Philly's defensive specialist, is not vaccinated. If you're not vaccinated, you cannot play in, in Canada. So that can be a factor in, in the big trade. Uh, Philly's bench was wiped out, so you even go any it, even deeper into the bench. And so Toronto, I expect a long series, maybe even an upset, and Toronto can win. They are that good with no names. They have a few all-stars, or uh, but they can win that game. Next series, next series. I'm heavy. Question or, for you. We question. got Chicago. Question for you. Go ahead. Rivers' job in jeopardy if Philly doesn't close the deal yes. on this one. If he gets bounced in the first round, I agree. Yes, yes, I agree. Uh, there was a what is ESPN a poll recently, and Doc Rivers' name ended up on the 15 greatest NBA coaches. I don't think he belonged on that on that list. I think he was given too much too soon. And what's he done since Boston? Nothing. So. Uh, Yes, his job is in jeopardy. Chicago, Milwaukee. Chicago on the road. Injury. Injuries on top of injuries. Going to Milwaukee. Raining chefs. Pick them. Hmm, I already said Milwaukee is going to the championship game. Uh, they're, they're not getting stopped. They're not getting stopped in the Eastern Conference. The only chance they have to get stopped is when Phoenix Suns plays them. So anytime we do this pick'em session, I'm picking Milwaukee. <laughs> Call it. <laughs> you, know you know what? You know what? You know what? Chicago, what they need to do is load up all their cameras and plan a bus tour so that every time they visit Milwaukee, don't see it all in one night, but you get four trips. 
you're going to get at least three opportunities to take some pictures, do some sightseeing. When it comes to the arena, put your cameras away, bring your bags packed, because it's going to be a very short stay. So I would say don't get too familiar with the arena. Just take pictures of the city of Milwaukee and enjoy it. Milwaukee all the way. Milwaukee in four. So the last series that we have known is because, and that's the uh, Brooklyn against Boston. Brooklyn won last night in the playing game. They were uh, at home against the Cavaliers and won. But uh, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving had to play very well and extended minutes just to get that play in win. So they're seven against two going against Boston. And so I want to know what you guys think. It's KD Kyrie against Tatum and Brown and a, deep, a deeper bench and a better defense team. Uh, I wanted to hear what you, you guys think. What's your thoughts on that round or that series? I think KD and Kyrie, I, 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 when you're having to play extended minutes, that tells me that your bench isn't that strong. And I'd have to give the edge to Boston. And I think, I think that Boston has the ability with all the talent that they have. Those guys play some good team ball. I'm going to pick Boston simply because I believe they have a better bench and they have better floor, floor generalship. Uh, those guys play as a team. It's not just two guys. It's a team full of guys. Right. Uh, wherein you got Kyrie and you got KD. Yeah, big names, big guns, but two big guns against five small guns guns run out bullets five guns and win every time so i gotta go with Boston. good game i think it's a great matchup something that you expect this early off in the playoffs however because the nets do not play defense boston does i do give the edge to boston i think they are a more complete team uh it would be a great game but how can you almost go against KD and Kyrie? Well, because you have an excellent yes. coach again in the in the Boston Celtics. So I do pick the Boston Celtics. It'll be a grueling match. I actually think this will go six to seven games, but a, but a tremendous first round uh, series. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I expect a, a long series. KD, Kyrie, they're just not going to give up the ghost just like that. They're not going to be face down, butt up. No, they don't believe in that. They're going to come with it. However, Boston, I I, I picked Boston to win this. Um, but last week I talked about my dark horse. If Brooklyn is going to make a stand, they make it now. They make it now. And they put the league on notice. And so I do pick that. The other two series haven't been completed yet. And we're talking about the number one seeds, that being Miami in the East and Phoenix in the Western Conference. They haven't got their uh, opponents set yet. So right now they're sitting in the category seat, waiting and resting. So that's a pretty cool position to be in. Last thing I'll get on, the Lakers fired their coach. He's the fall guy. Frank Vogel gets the brunt of the blame for this season. Vic, this is a leadership opportunity for you. Why would they fire him when he didn't put the roster together? He didn't put the roster together. And you did talk about this as a leadership opportunity uh, a couple weeks ago. So Frank Vogel, I'll tell you, I appreciate what you were able to do. But if, if the troops will not listen to the leadership, 
you're the you're the first one to go. They can't get rid of AD. They can't get rid of LeBron. They can't get rid of, of, of Russell. And so you're going to have to be the guy. What we need to get rid of is probably Jeannie Buss and Rob Palenka. You guys put the team together. Oh, LeBron had some influence. And so if there's going to be some bl the blame game, again, we talked about it before. The blame needs to go all the way around. It's unfortunate that Frank Vogel gets most of the blame, but that's how it goes. Always first domino to fall is the coach. Unfortunate, Frank, but I do believe you're still a championship coach and you will get another position somewhere else. To our fans out there, and that's my last take. I'll let these other two finish up, wrap up. I just want to say thank you for listening to us again on Taking It to the House. We'll see you next week. We still want to hear from you on what we can do better and or your fandom, your teams, what's happening with where you're at. And that's Taking It to the House. I'm Dr. Hoover. And I'm out. I just want to say that there's a lot going on. And, and, and from a fan standpoint, this is the time for everybody to get excited about sports at all levels. This is just a beautiful time of the year. Uh, the sun is out. The weather is good for the most part. Get out. Buy some tickets. Go out. Support your favorite teams. And and just just enjoy being a great fan. And that's my piece. I'm Urban Jr., the fan. It's my piece for taking it to the house. This is why we're here. Oh, yes. Finally, the time has come for NBA basketball playoffs. And it's fantastic. You remember that commercial? It's fantastic. This is that time. Again, I'm very excited about uh, the way ahead with the next six to eight weeks as we watch basketball into this pinnacle championship game in June. Uh, who is going to be? I've already made my call. Milwaukee Bucks versus the Phoenix Suns. And, yes, I'm going to say it again. W-Y-N-N-B-E-T, win bet. I'm putting my odds down now. It's on. It's going to be a great championship run. And we talked about my Dodgers. Let's do this, baby. Continue, Dave, I trust you. Despite what the fans said today, you do what's best for this team. We want to compete in October, and we want to hoist a gun championship trophy. So do what you got to do to protect their state arms. Look, fans, I love you all. It's been great. We will see you next week. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram, all our outlets. I'll give our social content director. Theo Matthews, keep handling it, brother. Keep handling it. Thank you very much for your proactiveness and your engagement with our fans out there. Keep it going. See you all next week. This is Dr. C. Victor Herbert III. Take it out, and I'm out.